This is episode 523 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by the Eventing Writers Association of North America. We'd like to thank our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. Find everything you need at bitofbritaintop.com. This week, we have Dr. Christiana Ober and Selena O'Hanlon. This is Joe Meyer from beautiful, sunny, stormyish Ocala, Florida. And this is Bobby Meyerhoff from Statesville, North Carolina. And you're listening to the Eventing Radio Show. So, Bobby, thank you for filling in for Max today. How's it going up there? No problem. It's going well. It's a bit overcast. It's uh, cooled off a bit, so we're enjoying the bit of break we've had from the heat. So you're quite close to trying, aren't you, Bobby? Yeah, not too far, about an hour and a half. Yeah? Yeah. So is it is it yeah. going to be scorching still up there in a month? You know, it could be. Um, that time of year, it could go either way. We could get a break and have it be, you know, how it is now, a little overcast and in the 80s, a little bit of cooler, or it can just, you know, be in the 90s and hot and humid and uh, kind of smeltering smeltering so we don't know yeah well, well the, 80, the the 80s is um the 80s is going to be still pretty warm for the all of those people that are coming over from europe anyway um they say right. they've had they, they've they, they tell me that they've had weather in the 80s but it'll be sort of dry and fairly clear um weather but it won't be hot and humid Not like this it thick is. humidity. Yeah. No, cut yeah, the it's, air it's, like a knife. It's, it's a bit it's still a bit humid. Yeah, it's it's pretty thick out there even though it's a little cooled off, you know. But at least the yeah. sun's not down just beating and baking you. I'm a bit used to it, but I'll take this weather all I can get. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got to the the point in summer where I'm just like enough. It's just so hot yeah, yeah. and humid, and and so I'm getting through. I'm getting up earlier. I'm getting through my horses as quickly as I can, and coming back to find something to do, running errands, it, which involves being in a truck or in a car with the AC on, or being in the pool. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's. I just that's, embrace the heat. I like it. Yeah. Well, I've embraced yeah. it. I've embraced it for four months already. Don't worry. I, I like it too, but I feel like I've embraced it for long enough. But it, anyway, it will cool down down here in, in a little bit. So, right. Um, so, so, how do you think new, those Europeans yeah. are going to fare? Well, I think what what my gut tells me is that their preparation. They've got good facilities for preparations. Okay, there's plenty of good schools. Yeah. There's plenty of good gallops with all weather. So it's. The weather doesn't affect so much their preparations. Um, it's not like okay. here where you, say, where you say, okay, it gets hot in Virginia and the, and, and the ground goes to concrete and all of that sort of stuff. Yes, in England, the ground goes to concrete and the only thing that affects is actual running at competitions and – we spoke to Dan Jocelyn two, uh, two weeks ago, and he said that they made an amazing job at Gatcombe with the footing. And they do a really – they've got Blair Castle coming up next weekend, and that's in Scotland, and it rains. It never stops raining up there anyway, so the footing will be good. So what I'm thinking is that they, they would have had good preparations. It's been hot in England. I don't think it's been 
as hot in Europe. I think maybe that might be the one thing that might just unhinge the German team. They'll get over there and say, gosh, this is very, very warm. Um, but no, I think I think they'll be fine. I mean, Travelling horses, putting horses on planes and going to big championships is always a lot more difficult than putting a horse on the trailer and going to somewhere that's local or somewhere that you know. You know, I mean, most of us yeah, have right. all competed at Tryon, haven't we? How do you think it'll fare the teams over there bringing them over? You know, it's one thing to go yourself and have your own prep and have it have it be how you want to make it, and to have these guys all on a team doing it, you know, all together, and it's it's a bit different for them to get prepared. What do you think? Well. It depends who you're talking about. You know, like um, I know the New Zealanders all know them, know each other very, very well and they all get along pretty well and so they they work well as a team unit, you know. So right. that's that's different. I don't know. It's got to be an advantage and a help, yeah? Well, it's a huge advantage, you know, like and you've got people like Mark Todd and Blythe Tate in the team and they're sort of like old, well, Olympic gold medalists and medal world champions and things. You've got <laughs> guys – no, you've got people in there like – it's not like you sort of look sideways at your team members and go, what are you doing here? You know, they're all they're all very, very yeah, good right. riders and stuff. And so and, – and they can draw off each other's experience. You know, so I think for them it'll be fine. I don't know much about um, some of the other teams, but – um, the Germans. Do you think all- that hurts them a bit too? You know, when yeah, do you think that hurts them a bit too when they get together and they're like, oh, what are you doing? How are you doing this? When they're in that final, final prep, and then they start changing things, and maybe they decide to do some things on a whim that they wouldn't normally do, and then you know, it changes the outcome. If they were just going I, on their own, I, keeping their eyes I down. Think, what do you think? I think the I think the people that start changing things. Um, other people without experience, and right. um, I was keep um, your game plan. Well, I got a really good bit of advice when I went to the uh, Beijing Olympics, actually, and I was chatting to Harry Mead's father, Richard, the late Richard Mead, and he was Olympic medalist himself. And I said, um, "Have you got any advice?" Because we, Richard and I used to get on great. We always used to chat to each other. He's a lovely man, and he said, uh, "Don't do anything different." said, just go and do what you do. Um, and I thought that that was a really, really good piece of advice, you know, um, because right. it's hard. That, well, one of the hard things, Bobby, is you go to a big championship. Now, these people are used to riding at least half a dozen to 10 horses every day, okay? Then they're used to going to a competition with three, four, five horses. They're used to sort of living in and out of, you know, the only thing normal for them is probably living out of a suitcase and, and traveling. Yeah. Now you get to a championship right. and you got one, you got one horse. Okay. So what do you, what do you do when you got one time. horse? What do you do when you've got one horse? Yeah, well, you go, a vacation. you go to the bar, don't you? Yeah. Well, you try not to. Well, you, see, you can't. You can't because you're at a big championship. Right? That's what I'm saying. You can't. You can't go to the bar. You got to stay out of the bar. That's right. You yeah, got to fill your time with so, something. Yeah. So, so you got to think of something else to do. So, so what else? What else do you do? And you see, the 
at, at Hong Kong um, at the Olympics, it was very easy. You know, there was a massive gym there and we were all in this big hotel swimming pool and it was like five star. There was walking across uh, out to a mall, amazing shopping, plenty of things to do. No problem. But what are people going to do and try on? I don't think there's going to be a lot of stuff to do and try on yet. <laughs> yeah. There's not much I mean, you can get, get up to around there. Yeah. What did, you, what did you tell me that people do in North Carolina? They sit on porches in rocking chairs, don't they? That's that right. right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. I mean, you, is- you'll drive down the road and you'll see everybody has something on the front porch, whether it be a rocking chair, a couch, something on the front porch. All right. Yeah. I tell you, they get to watch some cool storms when they yeah. roll through, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, so that's, that's one of the hard things you get into a team situation and, and, and the hard thing is to sort of not overtrain and not try and do extra stuff too you know? much. Right. Um, because yeah. that, that can be, that can be, that can be tricky. The other thing to take into consideration is that because of the late notice of trying and the way it is catching up fast with its building, but it hasn't quite, it's not, you know, that it's not going to quite get there. Teams are going to be scattered around different houses, different accommodations, different, different hotels, all some of them are going to have to travel a little bit. And so that kind of adds another sort of thing to it. And it, you've got to be able to get on well with your team because sometimes it's like, right, everybody, get on the bus or get in the minivan or get in the cars, we're going. And yeah. you've got to you've got I to can't be imagine there. being on a team with somebody that you don't really like or that you really dislike. That must be difficult. Yeah. But I think, you know, if you're a professional, you've just gotta you suck it up. Make it happen. Yeah. You've just gotta suck it up and make it happen. Yeah. Um you've just right. gotta that's that, that that's the time, Bobby, when you do what what basically you said. Keep your nose down, put your blinkers on, and do your riding. You know, and um, so how many pe- people you think are are in the crunch time now, and they're all stressed out, hoping that nothing changes in the last few weeks here leading up to it? Because you know there's going to be some changes. Things are going to not go people's way. Who knows? Maybe somebody's horse is going to you know, come up sore and all this and somebody else is going to get to ride. I mean, this, this last lead up time right now has got to be pretty intense, huh? For everybody. Very intense. Um, I don't know how some of the teams have named reserves. Some of the teams have just named teams only. Uh, They haven't even named reserves. And so that kind of makes it a bit weird. Um, so yeah, things always, always go wrong, you know, final gallops, final runs, final this, that, and the next thing, people pushing the envelope a little bit too hard, uh, just pure, you know, bad luck, all sorts of things happen, you know, um, and it's, it happened, it happens to everybody, you know, like it's just, it's, it's one of those things. Um, I think. What yeah, it's a total. To it's do. a total given for sure. Mm. What yeah. people are going to do is pay attention. This is where you need a tight team, and this is where you know. And soon we're going to be talking to Selena O'Hanlon and Selena and her head girl and Marie and Marie Dwight. They are really, really tight together, and like 
this this is where your team's got to be really really tight at home you can't have little things go wrong someone loads the horse on the trailer and and it slips or it gets the partition stuck in it or just you've got to eliminate all those little mistakes and when people start talking about wrapping the horse in cotton wool this is when that this is that time now where it gets pretty pretty stressful you know like you've thought you've got to make sure that none of those things happen and so that's why you know you can't it, also you've seen it bobby you know leading horses in and out of fields some girl decides oh, one yeah, day yeah, that a little mistake is something yeah, stupid it's it's easier to lead two rather than one and and one gets caught on the gate and it bolts off somewhere else and it scares another horse and does something you know this is where you've got to pay that the real attention to to detail and um, minimize I, risks. Do you know, Bobby? What what I sometimes do, actually, all, almost all the time, when it comes to big events like um, like Land Rover, which was Rolex, but Land Rover now. Um, for the last two weeks, I bring I bring the the four star horses and I bring them to my own farm, and Ruthie and I touch them. Look after them yourself. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. just yeah, that's, just the, that's the way I, to do it. Limit risks. Yeah, so it's just it's her and I, and we keep it tight, and so we just minimise the risks um, because things can can just the tiniest little thing can go wrong, and it's not because I don't trust my like really good staff and anything like that, but it's just like I know from experience that you know that, that can happen. So, but um, yeah. yeah, no, I think yeah, that yeah, there's be sure. plenty. There's I completely understand. Pe- plenty of people pooing in their pantalones at the moment don't you think yeah oh yeah every day man you wake up and you're like okay what's what's gonna happen today and are we gonna get there and you gotta just bear down and go with it and hope the best until it's over because it can still something can still happen until that final day you never know Mm. i know you can but anyway um we are going to um, – we've got a great show coming up for you um, listeners. We've got um, Christiana Ober coming on. Uh, but first, we are going to listen to our sponsors at Bit of Britain. I'm Molly Rosen, and I'm here to tell you about my non-finer, superior brushing boot. These have a really nice cotton on the inside that's very helpful for horses that are allergic to neoprene. I actually currently have two in my barn, so we've been using a lot of this uh, non-finer, superior brushing boot, which has been great because they hold up really well. Toss them in the washing machine, hang them up to dry, or even uh, just brush them out the inside. These things have a double closure. Touch this strap, this strap, and then close them over. So if you're riding cross-country and horse wraps up against something, they don't come off uh, too easily. This non-finer superior Russian boots held up really well for me, and I hope it does the same for you. Joining us now is the big winner of the Bromont CC, sorry, CIC three-star, Selena O'Hanlon. Selena, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you. So you and your buddy Woody, who we all adore so much, you guys had a super weekend, big first run back since your big trip to badminton. Uh, tell us how your weekend went. Uh, it was phenomenal. He was super from start to finish the dressage in the morning when I got on him to get ready for my test he felt like he had springs in his feet I was really excited to show them what we've been working on having said that he did back off a little tiny bit in the ring but um that just means we've got more in the tank and some more sparkle to look forward to hopefully 
if we get to go to WEG. And then the cross-country course was absolutely beautiful when I walked it. And I knew that even if it rained on Friday, which it did, the footing can take all the water. And um, show jumping, he delivered. It was really exciting. There was a lot of related distances, which is difficult with Woody because I have to fit in all the strides and he's very tall and long-legged. So I knew I was going to be tight for the time and I took a risk and galloped directly from the triple combination to the last oxer in seven instead of eight, which I saw Philip do easily. And so I knew that Woody could do it and we crossed the finish line right on the time, I believe. And, um, cross-country, I just really looked forward to it, and I went out there and worked the hills um, in order to get ready for Tryon, and, you know, went as quickly as we could safely, and he really delivered and felt great after badminton being his last run. I was interested to see how he took on the course, and he was obedient as well as quick, and, and um, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. That is Sorry. awesome. And Bromont's such yeah. a special place too, isn't it? It's such a great event. Being on home turf and to win in Canada is such a great thing to do, isn't it? It is. And, you know, it's really great of them to put on Bromont when we don't have uh, Richland anymore because that's a superb event as well. It's really close to home for Woody, so he didn't have to trailer very far. And it was superb weather. And, yeah, I just really appreciate being able to do another three-star within Canada. Yeah, because yeah, you guys, are, like Joe, you guys have to travel so damn far, don't you, usually for a big competition? Mm-hmm. Really far, and it being the last selection trial before WAG um, is just icing on the cake. Good time to win. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and when do you guys find out about the team? When do, when do you get your notification? I don't think they're announcing it till the... 1st of September because they won't oh, wow. announce all the disciplines at the same time for equestrian. Ah, yeah. Well, it would be nice if you could make plans, but I guess that's a, that's a thing they want to do all together. Yeah, they do that, <laughs> often, they do that often, Max. That's what Equestrian yes, Canada do. does. Yeah? They like yes. to yes. announce. Yes. I know, just to make it awkward for suspense yeah for the people yeah. and the suspense <laughs> and all of that sort of stuff i don't know every every country is different hey so yeah. selena you you came back and went straight into cic three star um some people like to have a intermediate run or do something else uh, what sort of preparation i mean obviously woody is pretty experienced now and it's not it's not a big ask for him to go straight into a CIC three-star um, for his first run back, so like on the half season. But what sort of preparation have you done? Like, what, what did you do on the way up to Bromont? Um, I went down to Crystal Rock Boylan's for four days week. They had um, a clinic that was put on by the Ontario Equestrian Federation and it was Megan Lane and Chris Lott Boyland both teaching. They were doing dressage for jumpers, dressage for men, dressage for dressage horses. They were really trying to reach out to auditors who were coaches to try and um, really solidify kind of the base of coaching in Canada, I think. And it was really fun. On the Saturday, I was kind of a lunchtime entertainment. I had a lesson with Crystal at lunch in the main arena 
and that was in preparation. I did the freestyle test B, not the A test, which is the one we did at Bromont, just so that he wouldn't anticipate. And John McPherson kindly judged it for me. Chris Lott warmed me up, and then John explained his marks and his reasoning to both Chris Lott and myself, but also all the auditors. So that was a really great um, practice because there was a little bit of atmosphere, there's flags, there's speakers, there was a judge, a little bit of pressure for both Woody and I, and that was a really huge help. Um, other than that, I've been to the Millers, um, obviously, to help me with my show jumping, and we switched Woody out of his big player, which is what I've uh, been show jumping at cross country in, to uh, Pelham so that he would take the bridle a little more and, and create a bit more shape in the air. So that was really helpful. And then, of course, we had David come up and teach um, Jess and myself at Jessica's farm. So I got to use the hills a little bit and also do a jumping lesson with him. And he agreed with the use of the Pelham. So that was my first time using it at Beaumont. So it was basically my prep. And other than that, just galloping um, at home. We don't have hills here so much. So I go do slow kind of gallop on Poke and Dick Bailey's farm, uh, Two Hearts Farm, just behind me, where I can hack all the way over and all the way back, so it's really good for fitness. And then the local uh, restaurant owner, Zoe, owns Panchanchas in Kingston, has incredible hay fields that are much bigger, so I don't have a slope there, but I can go much faster to try and get his heart rate up and get him fit. So, yeah, other than that, it's just been homework, homework, homework. I was going to say, you've been certainly putting in your hours doing your homework, and it clearly is paying off. That is mm-hmm. really, that's awesome. When you bust butt, and then sometimes you get to the show, and you're like, boo, right? But when it comes together, yeah. it's really quite excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. That is great. That is great. So what's next for you guys? You just basically have to now wait uh, till you find out what the what your fate is and, and carry on from there? Yes, I believe so. And the... Um, if we do get picked for the team, then we go for training camp with David a couple of days before. I'll probably go to Bruce Davidson's farm at the end of this month to work his hills a little bit, maybe Nelson's Hill, just to get Woody ready um, in case. And I haven't seen Bruce in a really long time, and he's been my longtime coach and friend since I was seven. So I look forward to going down there, and and will come and. Usually he puts in Marie on some horses and I get to ride some of his young stock. So that'll be something to look forward to anyway. Yeah. Excellent. Very cool. And for the Rumbles, were they your fantastic owners? Were they there for, for your win at Bromont? They were. They hardly ever miss a show. I think once or <laughs> twice maybe in Woody's career, they've missed a show. They drove all the way there and they were ecstatic. Um, John and Judy were both there. And um, they had left after the cross country and drove home, and they were really excited to drive home because they wanted to go talk to their friend Jimmy Alder and people like that and get excited about Woody. And Woody has a, a groom, actually, that looks after him at, uh, at John's place called Lindsay, so she's really excited. So I think they all got home and had a little celebration. That's excellent. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, what's next for you personally? You've got other horses you're competing. Do you are you traveling around? You got some jumping shows. What what's next for you, Selena? I have a few young horses. We actually um, this weekend we're splitting up. Anne Marie takes a bunch of 
horses on the trailer to a local show at Teddy Lafonguaz's place. Stevens Creek does a schooling show. And then Oakhurst, which belongs to Ruth and um, and Mark Nelson, locally in Ottawa, is running a training three-day full format. And they've asked me ah, cool. to go on the show jumping day and critique and give people their completion ribbons. So that's kind of fun. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that'll be very fun. That's good. Sort of a little little mini break before the great chaos might start. Yeah, that's right. The, and so, and what else, what about the rest of the fall for you? Uh, once I get back, if I end up going away, I will have an Oakhurst event locally and then go and do um, in uh, uh, Horseshoe Valley area with some um, lower level horses. I have one that's hopefully going to fill Woody's shoes one day called um, Plenty of Benny. We call him Benny in the barn. He's just moved up to training and he won his first training. So he's going to do a few more trainings and then hopefully by the time I get him to Florida, I'll be able to move him up to prelim and then I'll hopefully have a one-star horse so I can get some more at the eye points. Um, it's just <laughs> difficult with the hoping you're going to go to Wig Canada. God. Isn't it? I know. Yeah. But we oh. don't have a lot to choose from, so I'm. I would. No, I know, but like drastically happened to Woody. I would hope that. Oh, I would okay. Here's <laughs> okay. Well, here's here's a question then. Um, so looking down the list for Canada, um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you want to go yourself, but I mean, who who are you thinking? Who 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 are the people that are shining out? Um, well, shining through for to go in the team. Uh, definitely, I would think Colleen Lotz and Corley. They ran HC at Belmont and were in fine form. Oh yeah, we were your show jumping. Yeah, because I um, we didn't see her name on the on the results list, and I was hoping the horse was still okay because I was worried the horse maybe he, might have been injured, but he's not. Okay, good. He is. Yeah, he was there. He did the test ride for the dressage in the morning, and then they gave him special permission, and he did uh, show jumping and cross country, and looked really, really good. And then Jeff. I was riding Pavarotti um, in the two-star just to give him a good run. He's also a very experienced horse, and she didn't feel like he needed to do the three-star. And she had another horse there, Bulk Sound, in the three-star who um, is qualified. Um, yeah, I was really sorry, obviously, to hear that Leland has had to withdraw his enter uh, entry Sorry on on Dan because I would have thought he would probably be on the team. So that was a big blow for Canada. I was very sorry and gave him a hug. And it's just, you know, he's doing the right thing. The horse just doesn't feel confident and happy at the level at the moment. So he's going to downgrade him and give him a break, I think. Good man. um, It's a hard decision to make when you're so focused on trying to get there. Exactly. You're so close. And he can't get the break on that horse. He's, you know, always had yeah. something horrible happen trying to get to Kentucky and some little thing every time has stopped him from doing more than even a jog. And then, um, and then he gets to Kentucky and has a 20, which is the horse has never had in cross country. He just got to a distance. You couldn't jump from it was nobody's fault. And, uh, now this, so, you know, it's, it must've been hard, but he won the one star and he's really excited for that horse. And Lancaster looked incredible. So yeah. that horse is really exciting for the future and for the Pan Am. So we tried to stay positive for him. Um, but I think also Lisa Marie Ferguson um, 
has, you know, she was at Gate Meadows. She's gained a lot of experience over the years, hasn't it? Exactly. So I would think um, the selectors will be looking at her maybe and Holly Bow. And you've got and Holly Bow. And Jolly Bow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she's, uh, she's got the Holly herself is a very good teammate and uh, has a lot of experience. And I think that she would hope since she stayed and did Jersey and that sort of thing, she's definitely qualified. So those are the people that I would think would uh, be the most likely. Yeah, and ironically, some of, most of those people, maybe not as competitors, but they all were at the last World Championships, Holly and uh, you and Jesse and Colleen. But <laughs> Colleen is a groom and not a competitor, and now here she is. That's actually kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Hey, so and another uh, just 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 going back to the Bromont um, cross country, Selena. I just wanted to ask you this. I mean, it wasn't there was no uh, live stream, unfortunately, and we were sort of just watching updates on Eventing Nation. Uh, the course looked to ride um, really, really well. Uh, there were a few people, not many, that had you know twenties and and a few things went wrong. But tell us tell us a bit about the course. It was, um, you couldn't have, we haven't had footing like that all year. We've been running on cement everywhere you go. You just can't get away from the hard ground. The footing was ideal, which is super for, you know, the leg potential horses so that they seem confident and happy in, in the footing and, and obviously in their bodies afterwards. So that really helped. And then it's built beautifully, lots of brush, big timbers. Um, it was a little twistier that I'm used to at Beaumont because I usually do the CCI and it's a bit longer. So there were some places where you kind of roll back on yourself a little bit. So that was interesting. No big pull up the hill all the way from the bottom to the top, which we normally do, but there were, we did work a lot of those and we made good use of them. Um, the corners in the back near the coffin seemed to cause quite a bit of trouble. They had ropes. After you did an angled ditch and hedge sort of thing, you could either go around the ropes, keeping them on your right, and that pushed you right onto a very steep line to a right-handed corner, and then it was a bending four to a left-handed corner. And the first corner was open, and the second corner was covered and blue. Um, and that seemed to cause a lot of problems. They did have a black flag option, which was uh, quite timely, but... Um, definitely the way to go with some of the horses who were maybe doing their first three-star. And then uh, another big combination downhill, you came across a little innocuous cabin that you had to be careful of at the lip going uphill. And then you did quite a sharp left turn to a very big roll top right on the edge of a hill, jumping straight down in a bit of a going three to a skinny hedge, and then a bending six to the right over a left-handed hedge corner. And that one also had a black flag option at the bottom for the sea element, which was also very time-consuming. The waters were super. They were both the same sort of in. They were kind of big timbers, very airy, but had a good ground line going into the water, basically like a hanging log. And then the first water was a straight line, and it reminded me a little bit of Edmonton, obviously, with a slightly easier uh, out, but he went up a bank. So he went across his floor, went up a bank, and did a short one over a skinny hedge that was right in front of you instead of on the severe angle like it was at Badminton. 
And then the second water, you jumped it over the big log, you did a bending five or six to the right, and you did these rounded gigantic tree stumps. We have them kind of at fence four or five at Rolex sometimes. It's huge, huge stumps that have been beveled at the front and really rounded, so they look kind of like mushrooms with a little bit of hedge on the back, and it was quite a long one. And right in front of them, as you came out of the water, was a natural ledge coming out, which sometimes is tricky, trickier than a bank because the horses don't do it the same way twice. (laughs) So um, that did cause a bit of trouble, and those rounded fronts on those really big stumps especially two in a row, very narrow, um, just beg for you to slide off to the side or maybe glance off. And then there was no black flag, no reapproach. So if you had trouble at either of those, you really had to do the long walk. That was it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Great run for everybody. And, and everybody was saying nothing but great things about it and, and really enjoyed it and uh, thought it was a good prep. And for people doing their first three stars, thought it was a good thing, of course. And that's how you want it. Good, positive atmosphere and everybody enjoyed it. And hopefully everybody will come back. Well, we would have loved to have come up there, but at the end of the day, it was just a little bit too far for this so time far, of the year. Yeah. Well, no, 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 I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to go. Like, I really would. Um, it's my favourite event, but it was for the horses, for the planning on things and what's going on. Yeah. It, it it didn't fit in like it, as for a wig preparation or for a horse that maybe was 100% going to Fair Hill. Um, yeah, it's a definitely something that you would consider or if you had like a, a big bunch of horses and needed to spread them out. I mean, cause I just absolutely love it and I don't really mind the drive up there to be honest. It's, it's fine. Um, it's, it's also amazing once you get there. Um, but yeah. yeah, like no, I mean, some things have changed down here with the, some events have added in some advanced and stuff and it's given us more of a preparation heading towards a jockey club. And so that's kind of for us people, for us people down here in the South, it's sort of just over the last week or so things have improved so that we can get our horses where we want them. But um, the Bromon is fantastic and um, I will definitely be going back for the CCI next um, June. June, Yeah, always. Um, But I mean, I'd quite like to stay up there the whole time <laughs> um, and just yeah, go to the thing. Well. Yeah, I think that would be lovely, but um, unfortunately, sort of work calls and things have got to be done. But Yeah, that's uh, right. So, um, so anyway, Selena, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat to us. And um, we are so rooting for you um, and Woody for to get on the team. Keeping your fingers crossed for the 1st of yeah. September. Yeah, and um, you've had a bit of bad luck in the past as far as teams and things go and stuff, but, like, I mean, he's just gone so amazing. Yeah, he really is. He was so good at badminton. Yeah. Um, Super. I'm so excited. I'm going to go back to badminton next year, I think. Oh, cool. Oh, that's fantastic. So that's really, really, really exciting. Yeah, Yeah, good. It's very, very exciting. Um, but yeah, so good luck and hopefully we can talk to you after the week. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. 
In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. And joining us now is Dr. Christiana Ober, the uh, Chief Veterinary of the New Zealand team. Christiana, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much for for coming on. So um, what we wanted to talk about today to our listeners is like, obviously, you're a fairly experienced team vet. Um, You did vet you were the team vet for Canada, and then when you moved to the UK, you uh, luckily for New, luckily for us, New Zealand, you became the team uh, vet for New Zealand. Tell us a bit about what what you actually do. What is what is the team vet actual job entail? Yeah, sure. Basically, it means um, trying to get horses to, especially to championships or team competitions, um, in the best shape possible to hopefully be able to lay down top performances. So my job basically is helping the riders um, show up and make sure the horses are peaked and and ready to perform at their best. So a lot of behind the scenes, you know, you work towards a championship for years, developing relationships with the horses, getting to know what's normal, what's not normal, um, where are we, things that we can help or improve. And um, so really, since I moved here three years ago, it's been about probably working towards Rio and now this championship in Tryon. <clears throat> so when you talk about relationships with the horses, I mean, I know, but like tell the listeners what you do. I mean, like you, you I think you probably start off around January each year, yeah. um, taking a fresh look at the horses after their breaks and, and things. And tell us a bit about that. Yeah, New Zealand has a fantastic program, and um, obviously a lot of it, it's it's based on different hemispheres. We've got, you know, riders in New Zealand, we've got you in the U.S., and then the bulk of our high-performance riders are in the U.K., so we have what's called a horse health team, which uh, includes myself, our farrier, Andrew Nichols, um, who's a, a Kiwi based in the U.K., who's done it, I think, for four Olympic game cycles. And then Alice Dorman, who's our team physio. And we all meet up in mid to late January. And the three of us with the riders and the grooms go over all the high performance horses. Um, We do a preseason evaluation where we talk about, you know, everything from what they're eating to their plan, competition plan for the season, to trying to sort out, you know, any health, soundness issues that we need to get a better handle on. So it starts starts in January and then um, we probably as a group as a horse health group see the horses together kind of twice a year and then obviously we're at all the competitions so the whole horse health team is at every four star and then targeted three stars and um, team competitions such as Aachen so we're all getting geared up next Wednesday to go to Burley and then we'll roll right, right into try on with our group. Um, and I think I think actually probably most of the work is done behind the scenes before we actually get to the competition. 
Um, and that makes actually our jobs at the competition much easier because we've got the relationship with the grooms, um, with the riders, and most importantly, with the horses. <laughs> right. That's excellent. Tell us a little bit about the, the routine that you guys have for you know, the, the horses that are going to be shipping to try on. What kind of things do you look for and treat for the horses before they leave and after the trip as soon as they land? Yeah, so we our preparation for try-on probably, um, as far as the horses and traveling, started in January because um, we had to earmark horses to get on a vaccination program um, because in the U.K., horses would very routinely only be vaccinated for influenza, not routinely for, okay. um, for EHV, for rhino, which is a requirement for for us coming to try on, the horses have all had to have at least two um, EHV or rhino boosters. And in the UK, you know, in the US, you routinely vaccinate for flu, rhino, um, West Nile virus, and Eastern and Western encephalitis. And, and none of our horses in the UK, some may have had rhino, but almost none, except for the ones coming from the south of Spain, perhaps, have had a West Nile virus vaccine. And and it's not ideal for the horses to be trying to do all of those vaccinations during competition season. So we tried to start vaccinating our horses in January and February when they were kind of in their lowest stress period. So we weren't vaccinating them um, running up the badminton or Lemulin or, or some of the other qualifiers. So that started. Right. And then we, we've had to send our blood work and, and probably similar goes for horses coming in from you know, the Southern Hemisphere um, from horses coming from Australia or other parts of the world, they would have all had to go through um, probably a, an uncommon vaccination protocol for what's been dictated and what's required for us to come to try on. And we've now we're within four weeks. So we've had to do tick treatments and deworming um, between two to four weeks of arrival. And we had to send all of our bloods to the U.S., to the USDA lab in Ames, Iowa, in early July, so they could earmark um, pyro-positive horses are not allowed to come into the U.S. Um, for import, with the exception special provisions are made for championships. So we'll have a group of, there are none actually on, on my squad, but there are a large number of, of show jumpers and probably some eventers and other disciplines that are pyro positive and are coming in under special provisions. It was probably a tremendous amount of work um, to bring a group of pyro positive horses that will stay in quarantine um, for the championships. So all that work has wow. been behind the scenes probably for, I don't know, the past two years um, to allow these horses and also mares and stallions to allow them to come in and, you know, as most Americans would be aware, when you import a mare or a stallion, they have to go into CEM quarantine for several weeks, which um, can't really happen for a championship. So we have two mares on our squad, and um, they're coming in on what's called a CEM waiver, which means they're, they won't be bred, obviously, and they have to be supervised. So um, provisions have been made to bring mares and stallions in to not have to go through CEM quarantine because the whole venue really is going to be a quarantine site. 
And um, the other thing is that the, we've, we've brought haylage. The hay, we can't bring all of our um, forage. So we've, we've gotten the forage, the haylage that's going to be available um, at WAG to try and transition our horses over onto. So we're not making changes when we get to try on because there are restrictions about um, bringing hay. No hay is allowed in and only certain kinds of haylage. So there's all the teams are probably transitioning their horses forage, chaff, um, haylage, and hay to try and match up, you know, as similar as possible to the forage we're going to have access to um, and try on. So it's a lot of, uh, a lot goes in with um, uh, a lot of different groups to try and make the travel as easy as possible. And um, so for our mares, instead of having to go into a couple week of CEM quarantine, they'll be in the normal four. I think we have a two day or 42 hour quarantine when we arrive, um, which is an exceptional circumstance for the, for the world championships. So when you say um, the whole place is going to be quarantined, because I mean, talking about CEM and pyroplasmosis, um, does what my question was going to be is it was there going to be a, a certain stalls or blocks for those horses or do they get to be in the team situation and, and then just monitored by people i mean i remember watching chilly morning when he came over for um for rolex one year had someone walking around after him the whole time is it something like that christiana yeah so the pyro pause i I'm not 100% sure on this, but likely there will be a different pyropositive barn where they have special kind of uh, quarantine and all the pyropositive horses, I think, may be stabled together. Um, and then the mares and stallions will just be monitored to make sure that while they're in the U.S., um, nobody's breeding, <laughs> which, <laughs> right. which a very unlikely thing at a, at a world championships, I would think. <laughs> but but as you say, like when a stallion comes over for Rolex or a mare, every time they leave the stall, they're followed, um, you know, to make sure they're not doing any breeding on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I suspect Holy the God. biggest thing is they won't let, you know, they won't be letting, it will be kind of like a bubble in essence. And so no outside horses other than the domestic horses coming in for the championship will be allowed on the, on the venue site, I would think. Um, right. So back to the vaccine vaccines. I want to know uh, when was the last vaccine that you guys would give your horses before shipping? And then when you get here, yeah, are you guys going to run fluids snap, uh, on all the horses once they've landed? Or are you going to just see how they are and go from there? How, what's your plan there with that kind of stuff? Yeah, the horses weren't allowed to have, by virtue of the, the shipping and the health certificates and import into the U.S., the horses weren't allowed to have any vaccinations within two weeks of shipping. So everyone's, you know, influenza had to be up to date and all their rhino had to be done um, outside of two weeks, which we're now inside of two weeks of shipping. Actually, today we fly um, two weeks today, I believe. Um, and so that, that's all sorted. Um, as far as the fluids go, you know, our, our eventing, eventing horses don't fly as much as some of the show jumpers do. But we'll, we've got a, an experienced bunch of travelers. So we'll monitor each horse individually. And, uh, you okay. know, we'll probably collect urine and test their urine and actually see how hydrated they are. We'll run bloods when they get there. 
And so we'll be able to assess each horse. And, and really, if they're, they're traveling well, they're drinking well, and they're fully hydrated, um, they likely won't need fluids. But obviously, if anyone's struggling, um, then we'll intervene at that point. So from when they, when they land to the first day of competition, how many, how many days is that? Let's see. We fly on the 5th. So we fly on – I'm just actually looking at my calendar. We fly and we arrive on the 5th. I believe we'll get out of quarantine on the 7th. And uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I think the trot-up is the 12th um, for the eventing. Yeah, so sounds about right. It's about, about right. It's, yeah. I think it's about a week um, from when we fly to the first horse inspection. And is the quarantine similar to the quarantine here? There's only a certain amount of people that can touch the horses and they can't be ridden. How does that work for the championships? Yeah, so at the championships, it's a little bit different. You know, I think it's, it's often, this isn't my area of expertise, but from what I know, it's often dictated by the regulatory body of that, um, of that country. So the USDA, in theory, would, would set, set rules for us. And what, what will happen is for the 40, 42 days or the 42 hours we're quarantined is I'm allowed to go in a couple times a day and see the horses with two grooms. Um, and we're allowed to hand walk the horses, monitor their health, um, those kinds of things. So it'll be two days of hand walking, um, which actually isn't a bad thing. <laughs> Do you know, you, you, you're absolutely right. It's probably a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I think uh, our riders yeah. will likely arrive when the horses get out of quarantine. Um, so, you know, it gives the horses a nice recovery from travel. Um, it allows them to adjust and rest. And I actually don't think it, it's, it's a hindrance at all. And I think everyone makes to, to make, works to make quarantine as easy on everyone as possible, but so that it still fits the bill for, for regulations. So, um yeah, I, I just I can't imagine how many months of you know work, probably years of work, you know, go into this whole effort of bringing bringing all these international horses in. So no, it, it it's huge. But tell us, like, I mean, you've been to quite a few championships and things now, and um, you must have a fairly good idea about how things are going to go. Uh, the horses from the UK fly direct um, to. What's it called, Bobby? Is it to Spart Spartan? To Spartan, Spartan, yeah, Greenville. Yeah. Are they going to yeah. go to, to New York? No, no, no they go. Yeah. They fly direct. Yeah. yeah. So all the all the European horse charters are coming out of Liège. So so the dressage horses fly a couple days before us from Liège in in a group, and the eventers fly also. So all the European horses are um, meeting up in Liège. And then we'll all fly on charters, basically full of horses, directly into to this Greenville Spartanburg. And then we'll ship directly from there in sealed, sealed vehicles into the quarantine facility and try on. And then after they're released from quarantine, they'll go into their, you know, competition barns. Oh, wow. I didn't know they were doing the quarantine in try on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's brilliant. Cool. Really. Yeah. yeah, that's really nice. That'll be really convenient and quiet. Yeah, so um, I think uh, they've done everything they can, obviously, to make it, it easy on um, the horses and allow them to arrive in, in peak condition and, um, you know, make sure it all goes smoothly. 
Are you going to feel like you're coming back home or are you going to feel like you're visiting? It feels like home here, but still, when I, I switch very quickly to driving on the other side of the road. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah, no. It's, um, actually, though, I moved kind of before Tryon. The the um, facility was up and running, and so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and uh, right. seeing seeing what they've got lined up for us. I think uh, the trip, you know, Peden's is is um, in charge. Peden Transportation and um, Shipping is in charge of all the horse transport, and so I'm sure that will be very very smooth horse flights from Liège. They did Rio. And they did Lexington, um, so they're used to doing these big mass horse transports. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we fly. We we actually, crazy as it is, most of our riders are riding at Burley. They're summer at Blair this weekend, and then we go to Burley next weekend. And then Monday, so Burley finishes on Sunday. Monday, we have a team training session, and we do health papers. And Tuesday, myself and a couple of the grooms and the horses ship to Liège. And Wednesday, we, fl- we fly. Wow. So, let's hope, yeah, well, let's hope, nobody, let's hope nobody falls off and craps themselves <laughs> at Burley. <laughs> yeah? Don't say that. No, um, I know. No but kidding. No. It's, um, I, I haven't heard much about what the other countries are doing, but... You know, as a rider, you know, at the end of the day, it's your job. And so, you know, owners that have other fit four-star horses ready to go to Burley, it's just kind of um, part of the job, isn't it, that that we do have. Yeah, you can't not ride at Burley, that's for exactly. sure. So I think, um, you know, we have um, members, obviously, of our WEG team that have one or two horses uh, running at Burley. And uh, the team at home will be, you know, t- looking after the burly horses or the wag horses likely to get the final gallop in. And then, um, yeah, we'll go from there. But it's it's a busy couple weeks, that's for sure. Well, Bobby, there's two ways you look, you can look at it. You can say, oh, I'm going to go on my head at Burley. Or you're going to go around Burley like a rock star and then, like, roll on try on. That's the way you got to look at it, Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, balls to the yeah, wall. Yeah, and, and also, take it on. I guess it's what you guys do every weekend. You know, it's it's why it's why in the UK they're so blessed to have that level of sport weekend after weekend after weekend, and um, hopefully it keeps everyone in the rhythm um, and and ready to go. Yeah. So That's talking awesome. about your talking about your facilities over here. Um, you're going to have, like, a whole lot of stuff, like, cool stuff to play with, aren't you? Like, like, don't you go to a championship and they have a vet hospital there and it has all sorts of excellent excellent things. Is that right? Yeah, actually, Joe, the goal for me at a championship is to play with as little vet stuff as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if I'm, uh, if I'm just hanging out, that's great. I love that. Um, yeah. No, obviously, um, Ann Basket, who was our selecting vet for the Canadian team, so I know her well. She and her husband run the, the vet clinic in Tryon, and they're staffing and running the clinic for the games. So it's going to be completely stocked with, with everything you could possibly need, and I think even the hospital, um, should a horse need surgery, is right down the road. So they have all kinds of experts 
Yeah, basically, they have a super place there right down the street. Time you um, go to a championship, you know, everything is thought through and there's absolutely everything you could need. Obviously, most team vets bring their own kit. I've already had to submit, you know, a packing list for, for medication so that we could get all of our, because obviously there's a lot of regulations with bringing medications into country. Um, so all the vets have had to submit packing lists for any medications they want to bring in so the U.S. can can make sure you're happy with that. And then obviously... Yeah, that, that, that was actually going to be a question of mine because a, a vet normally drives around in a in a large a large wagon with with drawers full of stuff. Um, yeah. how, how, how do you get all your kit in and out? Well, I've gotten used to packing. Yep. <laughs> so um, we've got big trunks and we'll send, you know, everything we need medication-wise. And then, as you say, should something happen that you're not expecting, they've got a fully staffed hospital with, um, with really everything you can need. So, um, you know, I fly with an emergency kit on the plane, so I have access to the things that I might need should, should a horse need something in transit. I very rarely have to touch that, thankfully. And then, um, you know, you have the medications that you're used to using, um, antibiotics, um, joint medications, fluids, um, uh, electrolytes and amino acids, those kinds of things. So, so we'll be able to have access to what we need and then what we don't have. Um, Anne and her husband will have, um, have supplied for us. Yeah, I mean, because it's different. Perfect. Championships and com- and competing is is different to just treating horses um, that are in stables, you know, at home. And there's certain medications that y- you may have. The if something, God forbid, something went wrong and you had a choice between two medications to use, you as the as the as the team vet need to know what you're allowed to use um, and within the FEI rules. Yeah, well, well, clean sport. And actually, funny enough, in the preparations, I didn't touch on that. But we've, um, you know, we've had all of our horses on the supplements um, that they're going to be on. And we've, we've tested, drug tested all of them. And uh, the FEI allows us before championships um, to submit samples, uh, urine and blood, and test all of our horses um, before we come to the championships. Um, so, so therefore you want to be able to travel with, you know, the supplements, the batches that your horses have been using, the medications that you're used to using and have confidence in the manufacturers are, um, because obviously clean sport is, is everything really. Um, and especially at a championship, you don't want to have to have any concern about contamination or about, um, something that could, uh, in essence, lead to a positive blood test. Assuming everything goes absolutely swimmingly, so like normally at a championship, the, the vet is someone that sort of wanders around a bit, hopefully has to do nothing, usually keeps okay. the ice in the chillers and does just things like that um, until Saturday night where they sort of spring into action um, <laughs> in, a, in a massive way. So um, just as well, I know you could go on about this for ages, but tell us some of the things that you'll be doing on the saturday night preparing the horses for the sunday yeah saturday night so so after cross country our main job as team vets is to help the horses recover um and leave no stone unturned when it comes to making sure um everything is is comfortable that they don't have something as little as a boot rub or an overreach 
that could potentially get infected um, overnight and cause a problem. So we start, obviously I'm there at the finish, so we monitor the horse's recovery and we see how well they're recovering. And then we're able to monitor how they're rehydrating and drinking, um, how their muscles, legs are feeling. Often we will use some rehydration or fluids, especially given that it's predicted to be hot. So within the rules, we are permitted to, to rehydrate them um, with fluids. Um, I usually use a lot of acupuncture on Saturday night uh, to help them feel as good as possible. The grooms are, are obviously using ice and whatever else is needed. But, you know, my job is made easier by having riders that really know about fitness. And so um, even though it will be hot and potentially a long course, um, you hope that the horses that are, are fit and at this level they should be and they should be able to cope well with it. And so it's just about basically, I think, getting the horses in as good a shape as possible to rest. And and in our team, we believe that the horses need rest. So we really try to get everything done. Um, And the grooms need rest, too. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, get everything done, get a plan for each horse um, and and help that horse get get to a place where it can rest overnight and then be fresh and um, be ready to come out, jog sound, and then show jump well on Sunday. <clears throat> yeah. There's a huge Sounds amount. Got- easy, but it's not. <laughs> no. No, it isn't. It isn't, Bobby. And um, talking about the team farrier, um, Andrew Nichols, um, he's, um, he's just like quite a genius, actually. He's an amazing, amazing farrier. Um, once we were at a, a big championship, and he had to make a shoe, special shoe for Snip, and he was making it um, in the farrier's place, and the German farriers were looking at him like they couldn't quite believe what he was doing, you know, just, just to make, just to take a little bit of pressure off one side of the foot. I mean, just just interesting little things like that. But um, no, there's so much, there's so much that goes into it, and there's so many different people. Um, I'd like thank you for talking about the acupuncture because that's something that has become um, a bit more commonplace now um, and not just for the recuperation of the horses but also like preparing them for dressage and and on a more regular basis as well. Um, sure, but, but we um, do, I think too the nice thing is for our riders, Andrew, Alice and I are at all the competitions and so what you also hope is at a championship that the riders can do their job and then be able to relax and know that, that the horse health team is doing everything they can and need to be doing with the grooms um, so that it's not a huge drain on the riders and they can focus on on what they need to do on Sunday. Um, so that's ultimately our goal. Yeah. But that's great. Like, rider riders, you've done well. Horses are great. Get out of here. Yeah, you exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're in... <laughs> Yeah, you're going to be annoying if you hang around anything. Yeah, obviously, though, our riders, you know, we'll (laughs) talk the horses up. We make sure they're in good shape, and the riders are always um, very much in touch and interested and and back in the barns when they need to be um, and in communication. But, you know, obviously, we don't want it to be, so it's it's at their detriment, and they're not able to to rest and prepare to compete the next day. 
Yeah, well, that's what Bobby and I were chatting about that at the beginning of the show and saying, you know, what is it? And it's hard. It, it, it is hard for riders when they go to big championships and there's only one horse. You know, when there's when there's a lot more horses not too and busy. a lot more going on. Yeah, when when you when you're not as busy, sometimes you can sort of get a bit more too intense. Yeah. So. Well, when you get too to- relaxed too, and then you're not you're not you're not firing on all cylinders, not ready to go. Well, maybe. Well, maybe you get too relaxed, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like I like to stay really busy. I don't I don't like to sit around too much. <laughs> no, <you don't. laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Hey, well, um, so Christiana, thank you so much for coming on the show and telling us about this. This has been fantastically interesting. Um, There's so much that goes into it. And um, it's like the whole horse health team is, it's like a a completely other dimension. Um, But hopefully now our listeners have got an insight into what goes on and, and, you know, how it all how it all sort of works yeah no it's great i love it it's um yeah and the our our team in in particular as you know joe the kiwis are an amazing group to work with um so we're we're hoping for big results over there yeah well i'd say you're lucky but we're luckier to have you (laughs) wish you luck too yeah (laughs) thanks and i look forward to seeing both you guys i hope you guys do well thanks yeah, yeah, well, hopefully, yeah, be hopefully, hope the weather's not hopefully too hot. we'll be up there to see you and everything, but I know you're going to be busy. But, um, yeah, in the meantime, um, thank you very much. Hi, I'm John Nunn. Today, I'm bringing you the Nunn Finer Flexible Stirrup Leathers. Over the years, I've used many different stirrup leathers, and when I used to gout horses, these were very, very, very popular. The beauty of this stirrup leather is it's very thin, and it has great flexibility. As you flex them, they really move nicely up and down on your stirrup bar, easy to get in. You can just crunch them nicely, slide them in. They go on easily and off easily. We also use a stainless roller buckle. So when you're pulling them up, they slide up and down really simply. I really like them a lot. We do them in a one inch hole. They hold up really well. They're quite the, quite nicely priced and I recommend them highly. So Bobby, what do you reckon? Pretty interesting, eh? Yeah, that was super. A lot of details, you know, that I think most people wouldn't think about or, you know, you just assume something else is going on and she gave us a lot of insight to uh, what they got going on and how they're yeah. going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, there's, there's so much to it, you know. Flying them around the world and the vaccines oh, yeah. and, and not this just for, that, for them. It's um, yeah, it just yeah. goes on and on and on. So um, at the beginning of the show, we had a quick chat to Selena, Max, and I um, about Bromont. But did you um, did you get get to have a little look at Bromont? This um, did you look at the results? I, I saw little bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, I saw some bits and pieces of the results, and you know, I was bummed not, not to be up there because that's one of my favorite venues. But me too. Yeah, definitely going to put it on my list for next year. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to go so bad, but it just was—I don't know—one of just just it didn't, didn't fit into I, my schedule no, either. You know? Yeah. 
I know. But um, I think I might go to Rebecca Farm next. Well, next especially year. for you and you, you is a long travel. Yeah. Yeah, I know. that's why I didn't make it up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you went all Rebecca's the way out. good. I, I went out this, this summer for the first time. Yep. No, I think we're I think we're going to head out to Rebecca Farm next year. Um, Teresa Foot, Clip Clops owner, she um, wants to head out there. Um, Teresa Teresa and Madison Foot own Clip Clop, and they they kind of like it's on their bucket list. So um, I'm kind of kind of keen. I went out there f- like a few years ago, but like I almost feel like I have to start planning it now uh, <laughs> to, to, for 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 July because it's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because it's like a long, long way away. I'm hopefully I'm going to talk you into taking well, the horses, me... and I can and I can go on the plane. Oh, is that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Well, it took me about four <laughs> years to plan my trip. Yeah. You know, for the past four years, I've been saying I'm going to Rebecca Farm. I'm going to Rebecca Farm, and I uh, didn't make it till this summer. So, no, it's it good. Is... I'm glad I did it. It's a beautiful place. Holy smokes, nice. Yeah. Yeah. But um. It sure is. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, you're um, you're only an hour and a half. You're only an hour and a half from Tryon. Um, you're going to be going to the Worlds and checking it out, Bobby. Yeah, I'm going to try to check out as much as I can. You know, I got to keep horses going here and you know keep things moving along. But uh, with it being that close, I'm just going to try to you know, get up early in the morning, do some hustling, get my stuff done, get over there, check out as much as I can. I, I'm, I'm excited to see the eventing and I also want to see a bit of the jumping. Um, our owners here who own the farm were super kind to rent a house over there so we can, you know, jet over there and, and watch and stay the night and get up and watch a bit more and jet back and do some horses and get, get back over there. So it might be a bit busy and a bit crazy, but we're going to try to see as much as we can. So it should be pretty good fun. Awesome. Awesome. And I've uh, never been you- to a world championships. Uh, I've, I've never, you know, I know they had the one there in Kentucky and I, I didn't make it. I was in Virginia at the time, but it was close enough, but still far enough away that you have to, you know, stop everything to go watch. But um, with it being this close, I think it's going to be really nice to be able to get to actually see some of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, there's going to be a lot of people going. So um, before I close up the show, Bobby, what do you got What do you got coming up for the rest of the year? Are you coming down to the jockey club? Are you don't going to Fair Hill? What do you got plans? Yeah, i got a busy, busy fall. Um, coming up, I've got um, taking a couple of horses to Kentucky in the next, not this weekend, next weekend. And then the following weekend, they do the advanced horse trials at uh, Carolina Horse Park uh, at Five Points. So I'm doing that. And then I'm going to head to Stableview, and I'll see you there. Yeah. And then and, uh, then I'm going to take – let's see. I'm going to take a couple horses to Fair Hill. And then I've got some other local shows in, in and around here. And then I'm going to bring one down to the Jockey Club. One or two. I haven't decided yet, but – I'm trying to trying to hit more shows, you know. I've got um, more horses now going, so it's kind of nice. I can split them up and take them to shows that I think they'll do better at for that individual horse. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to come to the Jockey Club because I have not ridden there, so it's uh, it's fun to go and ride at a show you haven't been to. That, that's why I made the trek to Montana this year because 
I wanted to go see something different and I wanted to ride around a course that I hadn't been to. And it was awesome. I love going to a new show. And there's not a lot of places I can go where it's a new show. No, no, <laughs> so I'm no. super, super stoked about the jockey club because I haven't yeah. seen that course yet and haven't, haven't ridden there. So that'll be, that'll be awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. Now, jockey club, jockey club's awesome. A little bit different this year. Yeah. There's, um, you know, not quite as much prize money, but there's we've offset other things. That's because the CCI three star is going to run, which everyone's pretty excited about. Um, so, which I think is something I, I just keep saying this every week. I think I feel like I do, which is um, it's going to give us choices. Now, it's going to give us choices between Fair Hill, which means you don't have to go all the way out to Galway to go and do a three star. So, yeah, right. no, we're we're pretty excited. But um, yeah, we're almost to the cool. end, so I'm I'm going to say thanks for listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about the Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. Find the links for today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for The Eventing Radio Show and on Twitter at Eventing Radio. Listen to Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. Thanks again to our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. This is this is Joe from um, beautiful, sunny Florida, and you can find me on Facebook, Joe Meyer. You can follow me on Twitter, Joe Meyer, E-V-M-T-R. You can go to my website, joemeyereventing.com, or you can find me on Instagram, Joe Meyer. Bobby, tell us about your but where they can find you you can find me in north carolina close to Tryon. i'm here i'm on facebook bobby meyerhoff i'm on instagram rd meyerhoff meyerhoff show horses and email rd meyerhoff at yahoo.com that's where i'm at Well, thank you, listeners, and we will talk to you in two weeks' time. Best radio show ever.